And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much as always for joining me. I really appreciate it. Now I'm so excited to talk about this topic today on the podcast. It's very near and dear to my heart as I know it will be for many of you. And it's about how do we talk to kids about spirituality and all of the things that that are within that word, spirituality. So this is, like I said, so near and dear to my heart because I have had many of these conversations with my kids and even my family and even my kids' friends when they have questions and stuff has given me the opportunity to explore how do we talk to kids about this? How do we do it in a right way where it's not too much? How do we talk about those tough questions like what happens when we die? Uh, Are there ghosts? What is God, right? These are all big questions and it's really neat to try and explore the way in which we can present it in a way that is not intimidating for kids, in a way that is not overwhelming, but also interesting. And a lot of that really has to do with the way in which we choose to engage with them, I find. So one of the first things I want to say, I have several points to, to bring up today. So what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <clears throat> several points. The first one and the most important one, which was shared with me by one of my mentors many, many years ago, was kids need to be kids first. Let them be kids. And what that means is allow them the space and the opportunity to be curious, to discover the world through their eyes, without heavy influence of what should be. Because inevitably, one thing I want to say very clearly is all roads will lead back to source. So whether the path is deeply religious in whichever religion, or it is spiritual, or it is pagan, it is druid, it is, uh, it doesn't subscribe to anything in particular, all roads eventually lead back to source anyway. And through our life journeys, we take on many different experiences. So for example, in one lifetime, you may be Muslim. In one lifetime, you may be Christian. In another lifetime, you may be indigenous. In another lifetime, you may be atheist, right? It's so that your soul can have all of these different experiences to gain the knowledge and understanding of what it wishes to to explore. And so that's why it's really important that we allow kids the time to be kids and not overwhelm them with what should be. Now, I really want to clearly state that that does not mean we can't include them in things, but allowing kids the time to explore, to be, to discover what nature feels like for themselves, to just play, to be in that oh-so-sacred time of innocence, which really disappears way too soon 
one of the best things we can always do is allow children to honor that time of innocence where everything is new, everything is fresh. The world is this magnificent place to explore and there is beauty around every corner. And I do realize that some situations are not that for some children. But again, I'm going to talk in general senses here because in general, the childlike nature that we have, that innocence is just so paramount in setting the stage for how our life can unfold. So first of all is let them be kids. The second point is really to let them lead with questions. This is a beautiful one. And I find if you stay open to what questions kids bring up, those are really your gateways and opportunities to kind of jump in and create a conversation. So one of the things is when kids are asking you questions about like, do we all die? Right? That's a big one. Mom, am I going to die? Are you and dad going to die? These are really neat opportunities for you to expand on the concept. And one of the things we have to do too is try and use as real of words as we can. Try and be as clear as possible without creating a fear. So for example, if one of your kids is like, mom, dad, do, do we die? The answer is yes, we do, but not in the way that you think. Your body does die, but your soul and your spirit goes on forevermore. You don't actually die. Um, Now, this is where I feel lucky enough to be able to bring in my experience with my near-death experience to say, I've been to the other side and I came back again. And so I know for sure that we don't die. And so I find that brings some comfort. And there are so many stories out there, even stories for children and stuff about near-death experiences and about heaven and the afterlife. There are beautiful books out there as well that really help to expand on that concept. Because I think the sooner we can bring in that understanding for children that, you know, our body at one point will grow up, will grow older, and then the body does die, our soul will carry on. And here's an exciting or amazing journey. And and again, there are books that go into the soul's experience after. And so I think really letting them lead with the question instead of bringing it up one day and being like, hey, let's talk about this. When you let them lead with the question, it means they're coming with kind of an open door or a blank canvas waiting for information to color the canvas. And so when you, again, can clearly define it as best as you can in a language they understand, and then also ask, do you have more questions about it? Or does any of that make you afraid? Are you nervous? And allow that to lead into more. It's just a beautiful way that not only helps them really grow, but it actually is really bonding. It's really bonding. And it's, it's, what is the word? It's um, heart opening and heart softening as an adult to be in that position to share that information. So it's definitely something that shouldn't be rushed. And so if the question comes up at a time where you're really busy, say you're just about to drop them off at hockey or something, you can say, you know what, we don't have enough time to answer that right now, but let's talk about it later or tonight, or whatever the time is. Like, don't lose that opportunity. It's really, really valuable. Now, the next thing that's really, really neat in teaching kids or talking to kids about spirituality is to validate their experiences. So if you have kids that are saying, um, you know, I, I see someone in my room at nighttime, or I have a friend who comes to me and, you know, and you don't see anybody in the room, but they're like, oh, they're right there in the corner is to validate their experience, first of all. 
So often, I think more so in the past, but people would see that happen and and say, it's a make-believe friend, it's not real, or that's not possible, or you have a good imagination. Whether it's imagination or not, it's valuable in acknowledging their experience. And then again, use that as your doorway to talk to them more. Like, oh, okay, what does your friend in the corner look like? What are they saying to you? Do you like them? Do they, how do they make you feel? Uh, anything like that. What, what do you guys talk about? Get to know who it is because oftentimes you may find that the invisible friend is actually a family member or an ancestor. And if you ask them, you know, what are they wearing? What do they look like? They may say, uh, oh, he's got the black hat, like the guy in the picture on the mantle, which is maybe your grandfather, right? Or maybe, maybe they're like, oh, it's, um, it's an old lady and she's got an apron on, but she keeps telling me funny stories and she likes baking bread right? And maybe that was your mom, right? So when we validate their experience, they can open up so much more to it. And then even if you think that they're comfortable in that position, you could say, you know, you're, you're talking to someone who's in spirit. How amazing is that, that you can do that? And maybe you're in a position where you can't anymore and you can say, you know, I don't see them anymore, but it's beautiful that you do, you know, tell them I say hi or whatever that is. But again, that's not a time to push them too hard. So if they don't want to say too much more, then you kind of leave it at that. And to try and make them do that on command also would be pushing them. So really kind of validate their experience when they bring it up. Or if you, you know, overhear them talking to someone that you know is not there, be like, who are you talking to? What are they saying? Validate their experiences. Because what that also does is that helps them maintain that link to the other side. So many, so many of us were born with that natural ability. And then over time, it kind of dwindles a little bit. There's this age range around kind of five to seven, maybe four to six, kind of in there where children will start to grow out of it because they're starting to grow into what they think is possible. They're essentially disconnecting their natural frequency to the other side, to those higher realms. So when we validate their experience, they keep that as something that is real and therefore it is known and it is a truth to them. So they keep that link. Now, an interesting thing with that is many, many more children, even in the last 10 years or so, are being born with that as a very natural thing. So we are going to be seeing more and more and more children who are naturally psychic, naturally mediums, can easily communicate with those on the other side. And it's very normal to them. So again, that's why even now for those that are bringing children into the world now, really validating their experiences as they grow up is going to be so key in helping a whole new generation of people to maintain that natural connection to the other side. It's really quite beautiful. Now, another thing that I find is so great is inviting children into your spiritual practice. They love this. Now, I want to say that most oftentimes when you invite them into a spiritual practice, first of all, you always want to make sure you're picking one that is age appropriate to them. And what I mean by that is something like if you had maybe a five or six-year-old who was like, mommy, can I come meditate with you? But your meditation practice is normally like deep breath work, like intense breath work, where if somebody saw you and didn't understand what was happening, they may think you're hyperventilating. To a little kid, if your eyes are closed and you're hyper-focused like that and you're breathing like that, that could make them really nervous. It could make them a little bit afraid. 
because they don't understand what you're creating. So instead, you could bring them into maybe a gentle, calming breath meditation where, you know, you breathe in, hold your breath for two, three seconds and breathe out. And you can also take that practice and make it relatable to them by, you know, pretend to be a giraffe whose head is really high and breathing air from the top of the trees and then relax and bring it down the tree and breathe out. Like whatever your imagery would be, invite them in to your spiritual practice, especially if they're really curious. Another one that I've done with my kids um, several times before is like on equinox, the equinoxes or the solstice. We will sit around the table. It's very simple, but I will make a pot to boil on the stove of really yummy smelling things like cinnamon, cloves, oranges, something to kind of clean the house, clear the house energy instead of saging and all of that. And so what we'll do is in this big pot of water, I'll have all the different things around the table and everybody gets to pick what they want to add into the pot. And then we also, on a little piece of paper, write an intent for what we would like for that season. And then we put it in the pot. And so it takes maybe about 10 minutes or so, and we share what we're intending. And and then we all just say like a little prayer mantra, not so much a, a mantra, but just we kind of share our ideas. Again, we really let it flow. And as they get older, it flows in just different ways and we roll with it. But then we put it on the stove and let the smell permeate the house, but everybody was involved in it. And everybody starts to learn how to kind of set an intent and and create a ritual around it. But it wasn't anything big and scary and super serious. We were laughing, we were joking, we were all kinds of things. And it's really fun. So inviting kids into a spiritual practice of any sort can be something really, really beneficial. And so I really encourage you all to discover what that is. And again, also remember that with kids, their attention span for spiritual practice will probably be very small. So not setting your own intent to bring them into a half hour or an hour long experience, that that's going to maybe be a letdown for you because most likely their attention span is about 10 minutes or less, maybe even five minutes. But the thing is, is you invite them in and it becomes a normal thing for them. So that's, it's really quite cool. Another one is invite your children to tune in to Mother Earth, tune into the earth around them. There are so many conversations that can be had in connection to Mother Earth. And I find this so beautiful. It's you start to teach them about how energy is in all things. Energy moves through all things. It moves through you. It moves through me. It moves through the earth. It moves through the water. You could talk about elements. I find trees and flowers are really, really good one with kids that energy also moves through trees and flowers. Trees and flowers also have an experience on this planet, just like animals do, but it's a bit different. So the way that we have an experience is different from how the animals do, but the trees and the flowers also have an experience that is different from the others. And you can even invite them in to, you know, put your hand on this tree and what do you feel in your body? Do you feel calm? Do you feel excited? Does it feel silly? And again, validate their experience, validate whatever they're feeling. If they're like, mom, this seems silly. Okay, no problem. Moving on. Right. Or maybe they're like, oh, mom, I feel really happy when I touch this tree or it feels prickly, but it makes me feel funny and laugh and giggly. Right. And that can just really open up beautiful conversations. 
I know one time my daughter was really curious about energy. And so I took her into the forest. I said, let's go for a forest walk. And so we get in the forest and at first she's kind of bouncing around. And, and then I start to say like, notice the colors on the trees, notice the green leaves. And when you look really far into the forest, like way through the trees that are right up front and you look farther and farther, how do you feel? What do you see? And she's like, mom, it makes me think of something magic. Like in a movie where there's like magic and like mist and sparkles appear. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And what else do you feel? And she's like, well, I feel like maybe the trees want to talk. I was like, okay, so let's go hug a tree. And she's, she's like, oh, that's silly. I'm like, no, let's go hug a tree. Come on. And I go and I hug a tree and she goes and hugs a tree. And at first she's laughing, but then she, her eyes close. And then she starts to just kind of merge and connect with the energy of the tree. And she's like, I feel so happy. I feel so calm. And then she's like, I feel so excited. So then we started running through the trails in the forest just because we had this influx of energy and we just started to run. And when we were done running, then we talked about it. We're like, did you feel the energy that came from being in the forest, being connected to mother nature? It made you feel like you wanted to run. You had extra energy. She's like, yeah, I did. I was like, that is what the earth can give you when you tune into it. And so it became this really fun afternoon experience and it was just led by her. We went with the flow. I shared little tidbits here and there and that has helped her connect in more deeply with energy. And I've had different experiences like that with my, with my son as well. You know, and then we talk about the stars and the sky. He finds that more interesting. And so again, letting them lead you but also bringing them into practices, but bringing them into connection with the earth. The earth is literally our home on this planet. Like it is our home frequency. It is what provides us a place to be incarnate here. It is so valuable as part of the roots of our beings that helping your kids create that connection to the earth is really, really valuable. There's so much more energy that's going to be coming through the earth as well. And so they'll be able to tap into that. Now, another thing I want to talk about is using comparisons and metaphors that are really relatable to your children. So for example, when I tried to explain spirit when they were a little bit younger, kind of about five, five years old, I remember they're like, mommy, what is spirit? Like, what is, what happens when you die? And you say it's spirit. I'm like, well, think of the wind. I'm like, can you see the wind? They're like, no. I'm like, but can you feel the wind? They're like, yeah. I'm like, that's kind of like spirit. So sometimes spirit will come in and they'll be very gentle. And that's just like a really cool breeze, gentle little breeze. And then sometimes spirit will come in and they want to talk to you. And that's when the wind, you know, blows your hair all around. That's the energy of spirit and how we can sort of understand it. And so then they always understood that, right? With the wind. And so trying to use relatable metaphors are really, really valuable for your kids. But the key is to keep them really simple. I find any time that I took something longer than like a sentence to kind of explain, it was too much. So if I kept it down to about a sentence, clear and concise, they could understand it. And then we could build from there. And over the years, we've just been building off of what they know. And so now their questions, knowing that they can talk about it openly, get deeper and deeper. And some of them I try to explain, I'm like, I don't know how to explain the quantum field to you yet, but I'm going to try right? So the beautiful thing is as we're explaining spirituality to children, we're also clarifying what it is for us. 
And the encouragement is that is to in that is to also encourage your children to always question. And then that brings me back to the last point I really want to say is having your kids learn to tune into their intuition is so, so valuable. I think this is a life skill that all children should have is the ability to tune into their intuition and know what that is, what feels right, what doesn't feel right. That is a really valuable one. So oftentimes if they're asking you questions like, mom, what should I do about this? Or what should I do about that? Where should I have my birthday party? Should I do it at the park or should I go to the trampoline park? Instead of just giving them an answer, ask them, what do you feel? And if they don't know what that means, be like, okay, picture the, the park. What do you feel in your body? Oh, I feel happiness. I feel whatever. Okay, now picture the trampoline park. What do you feel? Um, extra insight, excitement. Okay, so which one feels more like you're drawn to it? The trampoline park. Okay, there we go. That is how you can start to build intuition for kids. You can even do it with food, right? You could even do like a really sweet type food and then a really healthy type food and be like, although, okay, what does your brain think about the food? Oh, I want the candy. Okay, now what does your body tell you when you feel into the food, right? And just get them to explain it or explain what they're feeling and learn what it feels like in their body when they're making that choice or when they're feeling a thing. So always asking, what do you feel in your body? What is your body telling you? And then even if sometimes I find my kids are like, well, I just want you to tell me, what do you think? What do you think? I'll say, I will tell you my idea and my thought after, but first I want you to tell me what you think and then we'll talk about it. So really communication is key, but communication with a lot of room for discussion and questions. And also again, even if they ask you a question that you don't quite know how to answer, kind of like the quantum field, like I was saying, it's okay for you to say, you know what? I'm not sure how to explain that yet. Can I take a few days to figure it out? And then we'll talk about it. And usually they'll be like, yeah, for sure. Of course. You know? So yeah. Something really, really valuable there. So let's see. I'm just going to ask my guides if there's anything else they want me to share on this. Okay, fair. So last, last thing they're saying is another tool for kids is letting them... Okay, sorry. They're still talking while I'm talking. Yes, fair. Okay, encouraging them to learn the power of their mind because the mind is the absolute energetic creator of our reality. It comes from the mind. It comes from the energies we put out, which really come from thought. When we encourage kids to learn to master their mind early, then they really become these powerful creators, but within a realm of balance. And what I mean by that is a lot of kids when they start, when their mind starts to really kick into gear, often can kick into anxiety based on the energies we have in 3D right now, right now, especially fear energies. But when we teach them the power of their mind, they then become masters of it. And what I mean by that is, uh, for example, with my son, sometimes he is nervous about going to bed and it used to really stop him from going to bed. Like he would do everything not to go to bed. He was even one time crying, standing in the middle of his room because he was in such a panic about going to bed. And we had to find a way to get him to master that. And so over the years, we now just have this phrase that's become so normal for us. But every night I put my hand on his heart and I say, 
I'm safe in my bed. And he says, I'm safe in my bed. And then I say, I'm safe in my house. And he says, I'm safe in my house. And then I say, mom and dad are home. And he repeats it. And then the last one is, and I have nothing to worry about. And he repeats it. And every time he does that now, he realizes the power of his mind to create a totally different sensation in his, in his body. Because every time now that we do that, by the second statement, he always yawns and I can see his body relaxes and he puts himself into a state of relaxation. And then he goes to sleep. And he's so proud of how well he sleeps now. And so this is a beautiful thing because it's teaching him the power of his mind. And now whenever there's any other anxiety or something that comes up, I can say, remember how you mastered your mind about going to sleep. The same thing applies to this situation. So what words or phrases can we come up with about this situation to help you move through it? And we'll create something. And again, it's helping him retrain his mind. And it's a powerful thing. It's so amazing. So that's another really good point. I'm really glad my guides brought that up. So I will leave that with you all for now. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really hope this helps you to find a way to really embrace these next generations of beautiful humans on the planet and helping them really find their way, but like find this rooted, grounded, stable presence on our planet in the new energy that it is and that they're coming in with. Empowering them is just so key to beautiful changes on our planet. So thank you again, everyone. I sure love and appreciate you all. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week.